What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Yeah. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing, you can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buck said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat, y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome to Starting Nine here on the Five Reasons YouTube channel. I'm Ethan Skolnick, here a couple times a week. My producer is Manny Chang. Make sure you check out the episode of Five on the Floor that Greg Sylvander did with Brian Fonseca after the game last night. Also, hangover time with the Miami Heat. Beat Guys was on our channel after the Miami Heat beat the New York Knicks, move a little bit closer to that five spot and actually get into a virtual tie for the sixth spot with the Nets, who they play on Saturday. We'll get into that as we go forward here. Do want to mention a couple sponsors of this program. We always talk about prize picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100 at prizepicks.com. Or you can go to the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Download prize picks. We've got the NCAA tournament coming up this weekend. University of Miami is playing number one seeded Houston on Friday. Get your prize picks in for that as well. Of course, you can pair the NCAA tournament with the NBA, with the NHL, with MLS, with golf, with tennis, any of that good stuff. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5, F-I-V-E. Always mention this, too. If you like our content, prize picks is now the pretty much the primary driver of our content and our revenue. So we appreciate you doing the sign up there. And it's cool for you because you get free money as long as you use that code 5 FIVE to do your initial deposit. Also, another sponsor, All Pro Construction Builders. There's the Instagram page. You can check it out there. They also have a new website we're going to start showing you. It's allproconstructionbuilders.com. This is our guy, Danny, and his family. They do a great job against a family business, they use American products. And what they do for you is they will get you your hurricane windows. You need the hurricane protection. Of course, it's just March, but it's just around the corner. We know when the storms start coming, the name storms, everybody freaks out, tries to get their shutters. They can do that for you, too. Uh, but basically, what they're going to do for you is get your house secured or your business secured. So go to All Pro Construction Builders, based in Dade County, but they service Monroe. They service Broward, service the entire area here. So reach out to Danny at 305-484-4429. That's 305-484-4429. So, the theme of this episode, theme of this season has been like, but still. Like, okay, the Heat are doing this, but still. They're not shooting the ball well enough. <clears throat> or the trade deadline's coming up, but still, it doesn't look like the Heat will do anything then. Or they get Kevin Love, but still, they still have a lot of weaknesses on the roster, and now that's made them weaker defensively. But could the new theme of the season be better late than never? Because we're watching the game last night, or I'm watching the game last night at the arena, and I'm seeing something I haven't seen most of the year. Intensity? Purpose? Connection? What are these things? This is a Heat team that has looked disconnected since pretty much training camp 
hasn't been able to take consecutive steps forward. It's always been step forward, half a step back, step forward, full step back. But they're seven and three in their last 10. They beat a good Knicks team. That's a good Knicks team. That's not a great team. It's a legitimate playoff team, though. The Knicks are in the top eight in net rating in the league, even after last night. They are in the top five, I believe, in offensive rating at this stage. They're good. They're not as good as maybe they think they are. Julius Randle got a little of that back in his face yesterday from Jimmy Butler, who was as talkative as I've seen him the entire year. Now, was that performance art because he had Dwayne Wade there? Or is he just in the mood? Because it kind of feels lately like Jimmy's just in the mood. He's now shooting over 59% in March. Over 59% in March. He's had one below 50% game in the entire month. He's playing at a LeBron level efficiency-wise. Not volume, but efficiency. And actually, Eric Spolster now has him, as Greg Sylvander pointed out last night, has him on the LeBron schedule where he plays the entire first and third quarters. So remember we were saying that they've been holding his minutes down and Spolster wouldn't really acknowledge it? Well, they're no longer holding his minutes down. Because last night, before he came back with about six and a half left, he'd already played 30 minutes through the first three quarters. Typically, he's been going about 26 to 27 during this stretch where they've been kind of nursing him along. So it does seem like from the organization, from the coach, from the star players, from the role players, that they recognize the time is now. And so I know Heat fans are going to say, well, what the hell took so long? Well, I had conversations with a couple of people in the locker room last night. Um, first, I talked to UD, who obviously has his weekend coming up, four days of 40. Some of you might be at Family Fest. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on this show on the podcast side, because I had a conversation with Steve Stowe. So we're going to attach this for the podcast. And Family Fest comes up on Sunday, and it's the culmination of these four days of Udonis Haslam events, which actually, as we speak today on Thursday, start now. And I was talking to UD, and I will say this. Um, people know I have a very long-standing, very good relationship with Udonis. I covered his first summer league with the Miami Heat. So um, been through a lot together uh, and had a lot of conversations over the years. Yesterday was as happy as I've seen him the entire season after a game. I just said to him, I said, it looks better. And he goes, finally. And we just started talking about where the team is right now. And he started talking about catching Cleveland, or catching New York for five and the possibility of getting Cleveland in the first round. And that's the first time I've heard UD talk in a way about like, okay, we can actually do something this season. Because we've had a lot of conversations about how stale this has been, how frustrating it's been, how much of a reminder it's been from some of the other run-it-back seasons. Of course, UD was here for all of them. He was here for 06, 07, which came after the championship year. He was here for the year after the bubble. He's been here for all these years that kind of just went nowhere, in part because the roster got stale or ambitions changed among the same group of players or any of that stuff. But he seemed really positive yesterday. He liked what he saw. And when I mentioned him, I said, you guys had five, you guys took five charges tonight. He's like, really? I mean, that sort of stuff used to happen all the time. But that, to me, is a sign of effort. And then I had a conversation with Gabe Vincent, who was really good last night. He had 19 points. He didn't close the game. Kyle Lowry did because Kyle Lowry was also really good. They got um, 
I think was it 21, uh, excuse me, 31 maybe points or 29 or 31 points from their point guards last night. That does not happen regularly. And I was talking to Gabe just about, again, whether or not they're finally in a position now where they feel like everybody understands their role and they know what they're playing for. And what he said basically was, and I thought this was the best line any player has said to me this season. He says, we've all been living in last year. He volunteered that to me. We've all been living in last year. So what does that mean? It means that they expected it to come back and be exactly the same. They were one shot away from the NBA Finals. So why wouldn't you anticipate if you brought back the same core, you had Oladipo, you had Yurtsev, and you were adding to this. By the way, both of them didn't play yesterday. If you had this group that was coming together with some additions from within in terms of, again, sort of the Vic factor, you know, Yurtsevin being another big, all that, why wouldn't you just be as good as you were last year or better? Why wouldn't the continuity help you? And so, again, we had an honest conversation yesterday. He said, well, you know, one thing is everybody else got better. And so because they're trying to match up with you. And we talk about the offseason. Boston got better. Milwaukee got somewhat better. Um, Philadelphia sort of changed its bench a little bit over the course of this year. The Knicks obviously got better with Brunson, so they took a big leap. And so in talking to Gabe about this, essentially he was like, you know, we, we, had, we should have come in with the focus that we needed to get better too. And he wasn't talking about the organization adding pieces, although obviously that would have energize things a little bit but he was talking about sort of the idea of them all sort of recognizing what they were going to be up against this year and it feels like it's just taken forever for them to recognize it the level of intensity that they needed to play at against teams that got somewhat more talented over the offseason it's not just the better teams too i mean their record against the worst six teams in the league they've won fewer than two out of every three games against those teams you should be winning four out of five, five out of six, six out of seven against those kind of teams. An occasional slip-up, but no more than that. <clears throat> if they simply had won three more games against the likes of the Spurs, the Pistons, um, the Hornets, you know, the Magic, etc., right now they would be sitting in the five seed. They would have a shot at four. But they didn't do that. So here they are. And again, to close the conversation with Gabe, he said, we were talking about run it back years. And I said to him, well, you know, this has happened every time they've run it back. And he goes, yeah, I've been talking to people about that. Like, this is a topic of conversation on the team. Kind of like, what's happened? Why couldn't we get back to where we were? So now the question becomes, can they make something of this season now that they've come to this seemingly collective epiphany? Kyle Lowry is playing the role that, honestly, for the rest of his career, he's built for. The Heat, early in the season, were playing him so many minutes, he was in the top five in the league in minutes per game. He's got his 37th birthday coming up here next week. That never should have happened. Now, part of it was Gabe came out of training camp injured, Oladipo wasn't ready, and so Kyle had to play more minutes. But really, what Kyle is right now is an 18 to 24 minute a game player who can help settle your offense and can hit some occasional big shots. 
I really liked his approach last night. I've liked his approach since he came back. And I've been, I think, one of the more critical media members about him and his play so far this season. But he's been good. He has a role. Gabe starts. A lot of times, Lowry's going to finish. Oladipo got passed here. And, you know, I think what's strange with Vic is that he's had, I think, I guess you would call it three setbacks this season where he was sort of moving forward. It started in training camp. Then he got hurt. Then again, then again. And every time he's come back, his shot selection has gotten worse. It's almost like he couldn't find his fit anymore. And so he just started chucking up threes. There was a stretch of six games where he averaged 8.3 three-point attempts. That is the shot that other teams wanted the Heat to take. The ball ending up in Vic's hands and him either pounding it or taking the three. Eric Spolstra has made the tough decision. He's moved him out of the rotation, even though the Heat could use his defense. Kevin Love starts. I thought he played well last night, actually, and I haven't been a huge fan of the way he's played since he's come to Miami. I would grade him in a C, but I thought he played well last night. He threw his body around a little bit, uh, made a couple of threes, made some pretty good passes. Uh, everything was in the flow, and again, he's not going to close. So you have Gabe starting and you have Love starting now, and a lot of times they're not going to close. But the more important thing I think that they've established is a pecking order with the scoring. Jimmy is being more aggressive early. You've seen it lately. He's getting to the line. He's kind of taking the bull by the horns early. He's not letting the game kind of just come to him and figure it out. He's not waiting. And instead of it being everybody else having to carry early and then Jimmy saving them at the end, there's been a little bit more of Jimmy at least putting them in position early on and then Tyler helping to save them at the end. Hero last night with 14 points in the fourth quarter after he had only eight through the first three quarters. He's hunting shots late in the game. They're finding ways to free him late in the game. And so there is a little bit more of a connection between him and Jimmy. I thought the ball movement between the two of them was better last night. The only guy, and I haven't mentioned him yet, the only guy on the team who seems to be finding a little bit of trouble finding the role he had earlier in the season is Bam. And I think we looked past it last night because he made so many critical defensive plays down the stretch of that game, which is really what he's there for the most. But if they're going to make a run here in the last 10 games of the season, they have to find a way to get Bam more involved offensively and more engaged offensively, more consistently than has been since the All-Star break. I put the blame on that on pretty much everybody. It's Bam a little bit. It's all the things we used to talk about. It's Bam a little bit. It's his coach a little bit, making sure he's getting uh, the ball in spots where he's comfortable and he's going to be aggressive and he has no choice to be aggressive. And then it's also his teammates who struggle to get him the ball in those spots. But at least if you have Hero consistently playing that way in the fourth and you have Jimmy being more aggressive throughout, you have Lowry understanding his role a little bit more. You have Gabe. Look, Gabe was 3 of 13 the two games prior to the last one. So there has been a lot of up and down there. But I think his defense has been better lately. His overall play has been better lately. You know what you're going to get from Caleb Martin at this point. You know that Kevin, that Kevin Love is kind of a part-time player just to kind of get you through. The Bam Love minutes are still not great, so that has to be sort of looked at. But also... You've seen Eric Spolstra find sort of a rotation piece in Haywood Highsmith, who, and I know he doesn't like us to call him the backup five. I guess you could say Love was playing the five there. But essentially, he's the extra big 
at six foot five, six foot six. And I think one of the things we've seen this season is that the Heat actually rebound better when they play smaller, which seems weird, but Bam gets more aggressive. So all of this is to say, do I have confidence that this team is going to make a run all the way up to the five seed now? No. They got a huge game coming up on Saturday against the Nets. They tend to drop games just when you feel like they're sort of getting things together. And so there probably will be a game or two here in the last couple weeks of the season. We're like, there's no way they should lose that one, and they will find a way to lose it. So, yes, my confidence level is down from where it should be. But I do see some positives lately. And the biggest positive that I've seen is it seems like they finally give a damn. To me, it starts there. Like, we can talk about the lack of sort of premier talent around Jimmy and Bam and to a certain extent around Jimmy, Bam, and Tyler. We can talk about, you know, the fact that they should have added in the offseason, that they need another three-level scorer, that they need another premium rebounder, that Bam needs help, whatever. We can talk about all of these things, that they shouldn't ask Jimmy to carry so much. But this team showed last year, virtually the same team that they had this year, that when they are connected and when they are engaged – they can be a really difficult team for other teams to beat because they have a lot of different ways they can go. And again, so much of it comes down to shooting, but it also comes down again to just want to. Will they shoot 59% consistently? No. So what I liked the best last night was stepping up to take the charges, feeding off the crowd, making sure the ball continued to move throughout the entire game. So I'm a little bit more confident after last night that at least we're going to see a representative effort against the Nets. And on paper, on paper, even though the Nets have played pretty well since the Durant uh, and Kyrie moves, and even though Mikel Bridges has developed into kind of a borderline star at this point, on paper, the Heat have the better roster than the Nets have currently. So Saturday, they just got to get a win. All right, we're going to do a lot more over the next couple of days. Appreciate everybody joining. Manny Chang producing today. Um, we will get your comments up in the future. I promise uh, that. I want to thank our sponsors, All Pro Construction Builders. Go to allproconstructionbuilders.com. The website is up. We'll throw a couple of these up at the end here. Uh, William Craven, finally feel pretty good about this team. It's taken most of the year, but the fire is lit. Maybe so. Dwayne Wade being there doesn't hurt. By the way, Dwayne, just in for a night or two, he's leaving. He had you dinner with Udonis and he left, so he won't be there forever. Let me try to read this one here. When playoff Jimmy is activated, it feels like it hinders Bam and Tyler. Their shot attempts and aggressiveness are down. Jimmy is almost hijacking the game in a positive way since we are winning. I just think he needs to do it early. I think he needs to establish tone. He doesn't need to, quote-unquote, hijack the game the entire game. But I think that he sets the tone. When he's aggressive early, when he's not kind of just letting the game come to him, I do think the team actually feeds off him. I don't feel like they look at him like, oh, no, Jimmy is taking my shots. I I really don't feel that way. I do feel there's a little of that when Tyler kind of takes over. But I think with Jimmy, there's such a trust level there that they're fine when he's aggressive. they, They know when he's in that kind of mood. And we saw it last night. And again, I don't know if it's because Dwayne was there. He was getting into it with the officials. He was getting into it with Randall. I talked to someone afterwards who's close to Jimmy who was saying Randall was doing all that talking after the last game, so why can't Jimmy talk after this one? He internalizes these kind of things. Thanks for the super chat there. We appreciate it. Um, getting uh, getting free agent DeRozan in 21 solved the, solved the problems. Which uh, Who got DeRozan in 21? Oh, the Bulls? 
Okay. I'm not sure. Oh, I understand what you're saying. If they had, if they've been able to pay tomorrow, well, they didn't have the money to pay tomorrow. Unfortunately, they, they, all they could offer him at that point was the mid-level. And we saw him basically get the max max. Um, if you are on the podcast channels, I had a conversation with Steve Stowe about uh, what's going on here with heat family fest coming up on Sunday. They still have tickets available on heat.com. I'll be out there. Um, I may end up in the dunk tank or something along those lines. Some of you have wanted to do that for a little while, uh, but more information on that with Steve Stowe. That's coming up here on the podcast channel. New five on the floor later tonight. Have a good day. Have a good night. Again, the heater in the mix. We'll see if they can win Saturday against the Nets. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game. I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. We'd like to spotlight the things the Heat are doing in the community and also the activities that you as fans can come to. I think I've gone to this thing like 11 times. I'll be out there on Sunday, and we're going to be joined here by Steve Stowe, one of the Heat's vice presidents, and also executive director of the Miami Heat Charitable Fund. Of course, this is a charity event on Sunday, but it's also a fun event, and it's Miami Heat Family Festival and Steve, it's I've been to a bunch of these. Um, this one's a little different because it's taken a hiatus and now is back. Um, COVID obviously played into that. But I remember the Shore Club. I remember all that stuff. And then eventually it kind of moved around town and ended up at the arena. Um, wh- first thing, what what are the differences for this year? What are you guys kind of, uh, you know, trying to accomplish? And, and, um, and I guess, what is it like being back? That's great. And thanks for having me on. You're right. Um, In the 35th anniversary season, what a better time to really look back at all the things this organization has accomplished, including the Miami Heat Family Festival. Like you said, part of the Family Festival's original being was showcasing new venues throughout South Florida, whether it was down on, you know, the actual beach, whether it was over on Watson Island. Um, all throughout this community. And now we've settled in um, on the Miami-Dade Arena. And specifically, we're actually going to be showcasing a new part of the building that has never been utilized for a charitable event or any event of its kind. It's going to be the South Plaza and the Gate 7 West Ramp, which is a really unique 
piece of, of the arena. And, and you're right. It's been since 2019, since we last hosted this event. And I think fans that have hung on to their tickets and fans that have purchased new tickets are really going to be able to be at a festival that is like no other. The amount of entertainment, talent, uh, food, entertainment for children, families, and, and most importantly, being with our own players and their families, seeing them in this way. And a lot of our players, this is their first time at the festival as well. So we're really, really excited for it. I mean, just for a little bit of perspective here, Jimmy Butler was not a member of the Miami Heat the last time that you guys had a family festival. I, I just remember sitting there talking to Goron. Uh, right. That's that's how long uh, this thing has uh, it's been since you guys have been there. And, you know, I, again, the, the, the big thing I think that the fans enjoy, obviously, you guys, you have the food pavilions, I'm sure, again, from all the, the local eateries. Uh, and obviously, in some of the kids events and the music and all that. I mean, my daughter... The last one, I, I was telling Lorenzo before we came on that she's trying to find her number 40 jersey because Udonis has signed it three times at three different family festivals, and oh, now it's yeah. been four years. It's somewhere in the back of a closet, and if we don't oh, find yeah. it, UD's going to be really upset at us. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I think that, again, this is a chance to see the, the, the players out there with their families and just sort of hanging out. I, that, that's always been, to me, the most fun part of this, particularly when I brought family members we're not used to seeing them on a daily basis. I don't think right. they're actually real right. people. And it's amazing that you say that because in my conversations this week with our players, bringing them up to speed on, on the festival, you're right. Um, most of them have never attended it. And this is up to us now to not only show the fans what we're about, but to show the team and the players and the coaching staff what this is. You know, Karan remembers it. Malik remembers it. This is their first time in a while being at the festival. And we have an actual U-shaped Udonis tribute area where we're going to have a lot of surprise performances and a lot of surprises in that area, which will be a lot of fun, not only for the fans, but I think for our players to really be together on a Sunday afternoon after a rough week of games and in a, in a time where we're really, really making that push for the playoffs. And that's, what's most exciting about this festival is usually comes in the spring, the excitement around the team and really looking forward to what's going to happen. But at the same time, raising some critical dollars for our beneficiaries that, that need us and have relied on us throughout the pandemic. And now we're back finally being able to um, raise these funds for them. All right, let's start there, and then we'll go back to some of the fun stuff here uh, in terms of what's actually going to be out there. So the Miami Heat Family Foundation, I know obviously Chris Riley has had a lot to do with this uh, through the years. Where do the funds go? What are you trying to support? Um, Maybe speak in figures about what you've raised in the past. Yeah, so Chris and Pat Riley obviously brought this concept to Miami, the Arison Family Foundation, Carnival Cruise Line, and, you know, Mickey and Madeline, Nick and Jenna have really just – elevated this event to a whole nother level. We've been able to raise over $25 million since the inception of the charitable fund. And those funds go directly back out to our beneficiaries. One of the uh, longstanding beneficiaries for us is the Jackson Health Foundation. Now, the nice thing about this is that when we used to go out to the hospitals, we haven't done it in a while in person, obviously because of our health and safety protocols. 
I would be able to tell our players, look, this is where this event raises funds to build this facility where we're now visiting children and families at the hospital. So we built the Miami Heat Home Court for Kids Center over at Jackson. There's a new facility now in Jackson and Doral West that, that needs some funding as well. And then in addition to that, Safe Space, which is a domestic violence shelter for women and their children. And over the years, we've hosted holiday parties for the shelters and um, actually built built a shelter down south. So to really now see a lot of these folks for the first time, I haven't seen them in a while in person. We've met over Zoom and Teams. But not only is this special for me to see our beneficiaries in person, but we're really looking forward to seeing and hearing about all the progress that needs to be done at these different organizations. And then obviously, these uh, uh, requests that come into us throughout the season and throughout the year um, for us to be able to support and mobilize uh, is a result of things like the gala, the family festival, and the golf tournament. So they're really, really important and critical to the organization for us to host these every year. All right. So let's talk about some of the uh, the things that are going on there. Uh, give us a, a taste a little bit, I guess, of some of the food vendors that are going to be out there. Sure. So we have over 40 different food trucks this time and different restaurants um, coming out now. Now, something that's really unique to this year, we did it back in 2019. I'll give a special shout out to Poppy Steaks restaurant before anyone even knew what Poppy Steak was. He actually came out and did a food demonstration for us probably gave out over $10,000 worth of steak that day to people and, and did a demonstration on the on the main stage. We're doing that again this year. We have a, uh, you're hearing it first here, Ethan. We have a Cajachina coming out. Um, for those of you in Miami that know what that is, that's really something special. We're having that uh, as an exhibition, like I said, a cooking demonstration done with our players on the stage. So that that's something really new to the festival this year that we're actually going to utilize our players and and their families and and have them involved with the local chefs and and give everybody a taste of South Florida. And some of the events that are going on. I mean, one of the things that people always enjoy is Pat dancing, which I'm not yeah. I'm not sure. Just turned seventy seven. I'm not sure that's advisable this season, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, but but also, um, is there going to be a dunk tank? Because dunking jacks is, was usually one of the most uh, fun things to do here at Family Fest. Are, are we getting one of those? So that's the thing. Like you said, music is so important to everybody. Music connects everyone, brings people together. So yes, there will be live music. Yes, there will be dancing. Yes, there will be a lot of different excitement from DJs to DJ Ree coming back out to MDOT, um, to local DJs. It, it's really a, a, a salute to all of the folks that make South Florida, South Florida. But yes, something that is happening for the first time in a long time is our dunk tank coming back. Um, we have a lot of surprises with that. I'll, I'll even put you on the spot. If you're interested in going in the dunk tank, you can oh, be man. our first media member in there. Oh, man, man. There are some, man. You want to bring back some former players for this? You see that? <laughs> but yeah, so we will have some really unique folks in the dunk tank. The city of Miami fire department has agreed to help us fill up the water in the dunk tank. They'll be on hand with a special demonstration as well. So there's a lot of things that go into this festival that people don't think about, but that when you get out there, you just say, you know what, this is South Florida. I'm happy to be with our team. And this is a great afternoon to be with everybody and to raise some some dollars, like I said, for organizations that really need it. All right, we're going to have you uh, tell us how, how people sign up for this uh, for Sunday and get their tickets. I, I, the one thing I liked about Jackson, the dunk tank, was it kept it from talking for a little bit. And also we got to see that Fiorentino's rings, the rings that he's always flashing yeah. to people, 
They, yeah. they actually are waterproof that he, they actually right. they can go, go down and come back up. Uh, so tell people how they get tickets to this event. Um, what are the times on it? Uh, how should they sure. park? All that good stuff. Sure. So the festival Sunday, March 26, it's 12 to 3 PM. You can purchase the tickets while they remain at heat.com forward slash family festival. And um, right now uh, we're almost sold out. You know, we do cap this event because we do want to have a limited amount of folks at this event, but yeah, parking will be on hand at the P2 garage. There'll be a lot of excitement. Obviously there's a lot going on in South Florida with spring break ultra is not going to affect you coming down to the arena for this, but South Florida will be buzzing this weekend, but most importantly, it will be from the Miami date arena and seeing our players out for the first time in a long time. I'm glad you answered the ultra question because if, yeah. if you if you hear music that sounds like washing machines on your way down to the family fest, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, well, all right. So Steve, we appreciate it. Um, are you getting in the dunk tank? Uh, I don't think I'm going to be in the dunk tank, but if Udonis wants me in for his 20th family festival, I'll do it uh, for him. That, that That's rare for me to, to take part in that, but yeah, there, there's going to be some surprises. And I think that dunk tank and the UD 40 area is something that fans are really going to want to see. And they'll probably live long after March 26th. And we had Mike McCulloch on recently uh, talking about uh, the four days of 40. So that actually starts on Thursday. This is the culmination of it. And I'm going to get my daughter right now to find the Jersey in her closet. I, I, as much as I'd like to support you guys and spend more money, I'd rather find the one that would actually still fit. Uh, no, Steve, <laughs> Steve Stowe, uh, executive vice president, uh, handles all this community stuff for the Miami heat. I'll be out there on Sunday. We hope to see many others of you uh, out there as well. Steve, thanks for joining. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us. We'll see you this week. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the fire regional sports network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.